Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. I'm really excited to get to be with you with you all tonight. Um, sometimes when I get up here, I have a message prepared, and then I have a little pre-message that has absolutely nothing to do with my message. But I want to share that with you because I feel like it's important. Don't grow weary in doing what is right. You realize tonight, I don't care if there's 15 or 1,500, God wants to work in our lives tonight. This isn't just a Wednesday night. Get that out of your thinking. This is not, it's either I stay home and get yelled at by my parents or they make me do chores um, or I can just get out of the house for a bit. I understand that. Sometimes, sometimes we show up like that, but let's not treat these Wednesday nights as something that is just common. I believe that God puts men and women in charge, leaders and overseers, and that they have a word in season. I'm, I'm saying that for myself and for Pastor Morgan these, and any leader that's in here, and even you young people talking to each other. I believe that we have a word in season that we can share with each other that's going to one word sharing that with somebody can really change their life. I'm not just saying that tonight. Here's another thing. I don't care how many people are here. We're not going to have a quiet night tonight either. So a proper response is amen. Preach it. I like it, Ian. That sounds great. He said amen while chewing his gum. It's awesome. Tonight's, these Wednesday nights and Sundays when we show up, it's not common. It's not just that thing I do. It's not, I will go tonight and maybe God will say something to me. There's been times when I've been desperate to hear from God and I heard from him. There's been times when I went through the motions and I just showed up. I do think it's good that you are consistent and that you show up, either when you feel it or not. But we need to get on the side that we don't trust our feelings, whether our feelings say we're going to get anything or, or whether they say stay home or go. We know the proper response is showing up. Pastor Jordan, I'm stirred up from his Sunday message about making church a priority, but also the way that we show up. Every time we come here, I want you young people, I don't think it's, oh, that's for the older crew, that's for the leaders or the staff of the church. You all need to come excited and expectant of what God could do tonight. He's always willing. He's more than able. If we don't want what he has, he ain't giving it. Why? Why would you, why'd you do that? Why would, why would he give you a gift you don't want? God's waiting on us to respond to him. And as for me and myself, I'm not going to show up on Wednesdays thinking it's mundane. It's just my regular attendance. I walk in and I check the box. I'm good. I just think we need to stir ourselves up to believe again. All of us have things that we're needing to hear from God about. Every single one of us. Myself included. Haas, do you have anything you're believing to hear God about? See, Haas has got a great mustache tonight. And he's believing to hear from God. How about that? All of us have things that we either desperately need to hear from God about or like, God, I really need you to speak to me about this. We need to respond to him. We need to show up with expectation that something awesome is about to happen to you. Not, I hope I get it or I might get an answer tonight or I didn't come expecting anything so therefore I won't get anything. Don't just do it on Wednesday nights. Do it all throughout your life. Monday morning when you wake up, I don't want to go to school. I have Taco Bell work after work and I just don't want to do that either. Come on, let's get some expectation that God can show up whenever he wants to in your life. Give Give him room. 
to do that. But I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not gonna treat what we're doing here tonight or any other time I'm in God's presence when I'm at my house by myself and no one's around and saying, are you expecting? I'm not gonna treat, I'm not gonna do God that way. God deserves way better, don't you think? You've been, served, you've been saved from so much. Ian's with me. Thank you, Ian. We've been saved from so much that God deserves it. So I, th I think you're with me. I think you're with me. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm, all, I'm actually going to teach from this topic tonight. Um, Emily said it to me on when we were going through morning rehearsal on Sunday, and she said Miss Jess Lee always uh, talked about practicing his presence, God's presence. So that's what I'm going to talk to you about tonight is practice his presence. Does that make sense? We need to get to a place where we know God's presence and we know it well. Yes, yeah. Not like, ah, I think that I think that's Him, maybe. Like a, that could be God. And I'm and I'm just gonna say right from the beginning, I'm not perfect at it always either. I don't like every situation walking. That's God. I know it. There's times when I don't that I have to be like, all right, Lord, let me let me look at some scripture. Maybe something feels off here, Lord. Let me check with you on this. I'm not always batting at a hundred percent all the time but I've been getting better and better and getting sharper and sharper all the time and, and more consistent to where I keep hearing his voice and I act on it. Okay, that was him. Awesome. I act on it again. It's him. So, so that, and then when the big situations come up in life and you really have to respond to it, then you respond and it turns out in your favor instead of not knowing. You know, we need to know God's presence as good as uh, most of you know Star Wars facts. Yeah, I knew that would burn. Everybody's like guilty. Or um, you need to know God's presence as much as you know what's going on in those bachelor, bachelorette relationships. And you know every detail, who's dating who, who got to, who kissed who, you know, who gave a rose to who. Right. Yeah. yeah. A lot of us know the details about insignificant things true, true. and don't know anything about God's presence. Right. Amzie, you're preaching tough. Good. Awesome. Love it. I'm just kind of shifting in the way I talk from now on. God loves you and he is for you, yes. But I'm, we're, we're, we're calling us to a, to a higher level. You know, we need to know God's presence better than any TikTok trend. And better than we know, here's a, here's a fun one, better than we know the latest gossip. Woo! Yeah, the shoe, the shoe fits with a few. We need to know God's presence better than we know everyone's junk, everyone's mess, everyone's mail. Right? Okay. It's going to be a great night. I want to talk to you on how to, how to practice this presence. Amzie, what does that even mean? <laughs> We're talking about when God's presence shows up or you get a feeling. What do you do with that? How do you respond to God? What do you say to him? Do you lift your hands? Do you shout? Do you cry? Do you, do you whisper something to him? Do you run around? Like, what do you do? How do you practice his presence? And like, Ams, you guys are preaching that. We need to respond. Well, how am I supposed to do that? I'm going to tell you. Number one, you ready? I can never get away from this one. I think anytime you teach on this, you have to say this. Number one is you got to draw close. Thank you, Pastor Jordan. I just ripped it from his Sunday message because it was too good not to repeat. You, you have to draw close. Not your pastor, not your life group leader, not your mom, not your grandmama. You have to draw close. I think there's a lot of Christians that are um, riding the coattails of someone else's hard work and someone else's discipline and be like, I'll, I'll just get it because I'm around them. Maybe not, maybe not. Impartations come, things pass down by, you, you can receive those by being around people, good or bad. But let's, let's us do the work ourselves by drawing close to God. 
not just depending on, well, Amsie's got it or, or, or Haas has got it or Pastor Morgan's got it. So, you know, if, if I'm just around them, it'll rub off on me. Maybe about 10% of, of that, sure. But you yourself have to draw close. Let's look at this out of uh, James 4, 8, out of the passion. I'm, again, thank you, Pastor Jordan. Move your heart closer and closer to God and he will come even closer to you. You have to move your heart closer and closer to God. And it says that he will come even closer. I like the thing about God is that it's like he's already taken the first step though. Even though it says we're supposed to. In my opinion, I'm looking at like, but God's already standing there like this. Like he's ready for us. And and just the simple fact that he sent Jesus to us kind of was him sending, doing the first step. But he just says, if you just draw close, if you just reach out, I'm already there like this. Like, hey, come on, let's go grab my hand. I'm already ready. It's like, he's already done his part. He didn't say, I've got something to do too. He's just like, no, you have to draw close. How do you draw close? Anybody in here read your Bible? Awesome. Good. You should. Amzie, that's like elementary basic. And also when you're 65, I'm going to say the same thing again. If you want to draw close, the easiest way hearing God's voice, knowing what he thinks about you, who you are, your identity, is you have to, re- you have to read your Bible. It's the overlooked thing, though. Same with my other two points, prayer and worship. Reading your Bible, prayer and worship, get overlooked all the time because we're looking for the next five easy steps or the next, next catchy book or podcast we can listen to that's going to do the drawing close for us. There will never be a substitution for you yourself drawing close, you being disciplined and putting in that work You have to do it, of telling your flesh, no, I'm not doing this right now. I'm choosing to draw close to you. I'm either gonna read, I'm either gonna pray, or I'm gonna worship. Really, all of those things together are worship, but they are kind of three uh, by themselves. They are their own individual thing. But you have to be in your Bible. How How are you gonna know how to respond to life if you don't know what the Bible says, if you don't know what God says about you? The world will tell you this or you're that, and you're just probably gonna believe it if you haven't been in your Bible yourself reading it. I don't want to have a Bible illiterate generation where we know everything else about everything else in life. But Bible, yeah, it's probably got six inches of dust on it. I don't even know where it's at. Or actually, I haven't clicked on that app on my phone for like three months. Listen, I've been there before. I've done that. And there's seasons where I get caught up in life too. And I'm like, man, I'm behind. It's been three or four days since I've opened my Bible. Like, what's going on? I've been there and I've done that. But I've been getting, again, better and better and more consistent in my life where I'm making these changes and I'm seeing, I'm seeing the results and I'm seeing the fruit of it because I'm putting the time in. It's not a, uh, a thing that's not light and easy because it is. It's a light and easy thing, but, but it is work and it is you surrendering to God. It's you telling your flesh, we're not doing that. Oh, and you really want to look up that one thing. I really want to go to YouTube and watch this thing. You're not doing that. Right now is the time to draw close. So you do that by reading your Bible, by, by praying, by worshiping. And you do that by you taking the first step. Not just sitting around like, God, are you ever gonna speak to me? He's like, I have, I have more to say. I have so much plan and future for you. I wanna show you this. But until you learn to draw close to me, until you take that first step, I can't show you. Because right now it will probably hurt you. It wouldn't help your life. If I just gave you everything you're supposed to do and you didn't, you didn't do anything, there was no proving of your character, there was no uh, you becoming dip, disciplined and sharp and focused. God's a good dad, if, unless you forgot. He's a lot better than our earthly dads. And he's gonna give us the things that are gonna help us. 
So we're going to draw close, number one. All right, we're talking about how to practice his presence. Number two, you have to respond. And everybody shouted amen at that. Nice, very loud. Shame the devil, I like that. And yeah, you can respond with whatever you want to, by the way. Bring the sandwiches. That was a good one. I heard it the first time, and I just kind of laughed at it. And I, my section over here was laughing. I was like, hey, she's right. All the people that are trying to get out to go to Applebee's or Golden Corral, it's like, hey, just bring a Sammy with you. Stick it in your, in your coat pocket. Do like I did when a bunch of quarry guys years ago was like, hey, we're going to go see a movie. You want to go? Everybody don't forget to stop at Dollar General and grab all your cheap snacks. And so I was like, hey, I'm just going to go to Burger King and grab literally four double cheeseburgers. <laughs> and wear my big jacket in, and I'll put them in my pocket. And then as the movie's going on, there came out one, and somebody's like, where'd you get that? I'm like, you know, jacket pocket, no big deal. Here comes number two. They're like, wow, how many you got? Three, four. They're like, did you really just eat four double cheeseburgers? I did. And I've done it since then. Hey, bring the Whoppers. That's right. All right. Number two, you got to respond. Bring the Whoppers. <laughs> Talking about responding, it's hard to recognize something, though, that you haven't pursued. Or something that you haven't taken a closer look at. You know, when you don't know God and you don't know how to respond, it's kind of like when they do those crime scene lineups and they bring all the suspects in and the witness comes in and uh, you only barely, like, barely caught a glimpse of who it was. And you look, you're like, yeah, I think it was that guy. I don't think that person like really, really knows. You know what I'm saying? But if we're only catching a glimpse of God, like kind of here and there, <clears throat> It will be hard to know when he's really speaking to us though. Therefore, it's gonna be hard for us to respond when he's speaking to us. Because if we've only just seen a glimpse of him before or just barely spent time with him, I don't, I don't see that being very effective for our lives. So we're talking about responding. Let's look at John 10, 27 out of the passion. It says, my own sheep will hear my voice and I know each one and they follow me. Talking about responding. So every one of you in here right now, since you have Jesus living on the inside of you and you have the Holy Spirit living in you, we should be able to know how to hear the voice of the shepherd. We are the sheep, he is the shepherd. <clears throat> we should know how to hear his voice. I understand every one of us are at different stages though of developing that voice that's right here. And, I, and uh, you know, I'm 12, kind of like 12 years into my relationship with God and I'm, to the point to where um, I really feel like I know how to hear him now. Am I perfect at it? No, I, I still like, oh, I think that's God. But it's, those times are getting less and less and much farther in between. And I'm thankful about, it's, it's exciting to see fruit in your life. It's exciting to see when you've done something for years in a row, again, have been perfect, but I've done a good job. It's exciting to see those things start paying off like, okay, I think it was him and I trusted him and it, was, it turned out right. I'm pretty sure it was him and I trusted him. Okay, that thing turned out really good. I'm quite sure it was him this time because he's, he was faithful here. He was faithful here. And now it's like, God, I believe that's you. I'm, I'm gonna act on it. You can and you will get to that place, but you have, to, you have to do it yourself. You have to draw close. You have to respond. Let's look at, um, so we're talking about responding. I'm gonna tell you how God speaks. And we've, we, we've shared this before, but it's worth sharing again. First Kings 19, 11 through 12 out of the New Living. So we're talking about the way that God responds. It says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him. This is between the Lord and Elijah. And, and, and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. 
but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. Y'all, that is how God speaks. That's just, that's just it. That's how God speaks. Our life is so loud. I have kids, I have a job, I have hobbies, I have youth ministry. I love all of these things, but you can't just have a, a loud, crazy loud life your whole life and never get quiet. You literally just saw, God says he speaks in a gentle whisper. I would say because of God's mercy, sometimes he would come down and say something loud to shake you to really get your attention. And you've heard testimonies of, of that happening to people before. But it says that he speaks in a gentle whisper. So how will you ever hear his voice if you're just not willing to get quiet? If your phone is literally in, your, in front of your face at all times, if you always have to have music on, if you always have to have the TV on, if you always have to have an AirPod in your ear. I'm that way a lot. I listen to my AirPods literally like all day at work, take phone calls. I uh, do the noise cancellation on mine so I don't have to hear my coworkers. I'm just kidding. I love hearing them. <laughs> but God speaks in a gentle whisper. Let me just show you, because I'm talking about responding to God. Let me tell you how I respond to God. This is not how everybody has to do it. This is how I do it, and this is how it works for me. In the morning, I'll get my van to go to work and uh, I'll have sent messages out to people that morning. And I know, and I've already talked to my crew and we're headed out to a job site to go paint a house or, or whatever. And I'll get in the vehicle. And this is usually, usually God speaks to me in the morning. It's not like I don't hear his audible voice. If anybody's like, what did he say? You know, it's just things that are like encouraging or comforting or correcting. You know, that's, hey, that's a part of it too. That's how this relationship works. If you're messing up, God's gonna talk to you about it. Um, but I'll get in my vehicle and I'll, I'll go to turn something on my, uh, my AirPods and uh, I'll start driving. Sometimes I'll go to click, it doesn't matter what it is, worship or something that's just like upbeat, some like uh, some dance EDM, anybody? <laughs> I'm kidding, I know that's way out. Um, I'll go to listen to something like that and I'll just feel like that gentle whisper. I'll be like, hey, don't do that. And I know, I love those times because it's like, okay, cool, God, what are you gonna tell me then? Because I know you want me to be quiet and talk to you for a bit, even though I'm driving. But man, in, in my vehicle is the most undistracted place for me because I don't have all the other issues of life asking for my attention. Yes, I'm paying attention. I'm not trying to hit anybody in oncoming traffic or the, or the pedestrians that, that are walking when they're not supposed to be walking across the street. But God speaks to me on my morning drive. I'll get in and I'll go to turn something on and he'll say, hey, don't do that. And he's not like, don't do that. He's just like, don't do that. It's just, it's just really... It's just really gentle. Um, at work, I, I turn music on. I love having music on, like, all day. It just keeps the, the job site pumped up. It keeps everybody in good. Anybody like having music on, like, quite often when you're around? It, it makes the vibe of the whole day, like, go much better, I just feel like. But sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll get to work, and I'll I have, a, like, a Bluetooth speaker, and I'll turn that on, and I'll start going about my tasks, and I'll have some worship on, and I'll listen to that for a couple hours, and then I'll, like, okay, I'm going to turn something on, like, some, uh, some Good Reliant K or, or something like that, or some John Mark. I know that's kind of like worship, but... And I'll go to turn that stuff on and I'll just feel like God's like, hey, keep that worship, worship music on. And every time I've done that, and I felt like God's asked me, stay in my presence as long as you can. And I've always felt him speak to me on those days. Consistently, he will speak to me on those days. It's just something about it. Leaving, leaving those life-giving words on so you can hear them and I'm, and I'm walking through a house and like, 
a random house in Southern Indiana, anywhere I'm at, and I'm just singing those words and I can feel God's presence. I can feel his encouragement. I can feel him speaking to me about all kinds of things, showing me glimpses of what the future is gonna look like. And, and hey, make sure you text. Don't forget to text that one guy that one thing you were gonna say to him. And I notice if I stay in that presence, if I stay in that environment, I feel God's presence all day. Naturally and, and spiritually, I feel it. It's not always just a goosebump, but it's just like, man, God, I just feel like I, if I turn around real fast, you're going to be standing like, hey. Sometimes I was walking in the hallway of the house and, hey, okay. I was just like, going to get lucky one of these days and see an angel or something. But um, <laughs> I'll only see that if I'm supposed to see it. So, <laughs> But, you know, there's other times talking about how to respond to, the, uh, in, in, to God's presence. And there's other times when I get home from work and I have three boys and they love spending time with me. And I love spending time with them. And it's, it's party time, it's play time when I get home and they wanna go hang out. And so we'll like wrestle or we're gonna jump on the trampoline. I built a teepee in the backyard the other night out of uh, P, P, yeah, PVC, did you see the picture? PVC pipe and a drop cloth. And it was like the coolest teepee ever. I was like, dude, I am like hero of the day. This is amazing, like, check me out. And, and then after that time, then it's kind of like, okay, I can do some house chores, some business stuff or just whatever, I can sit on the couch, look at my phone, I can watch a show if I want to, but then I'm noticing now times like that, because my boys are in a new routine, they're going to bed earlier now, and I've never had this time in my life, where now they're going to bed earlier, and I have about two hours every evening, where now I have no excuse that I can't get in God's presence, and I'm thankful for it, I'm like, this is an amazing change, because I was having trouble finding all that time, and now I have two hours like every evening, and I'll feel so much of the time feel drawn to like, I'm going to go watch some stuff about old Ford trucks on YouTube because I love Ford trucks and this is America. Or I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to go watch a show with my wife or I'm just going to go do some house chores and I'll feel like, I feel, this is how me and the Holy Spirit work together. He'll just say, hey, what about me? And that happens all the time, all the time. And if you're sensitive and if you want to hear his voice, he'll speak to you like that. And it's that gentle whisper. It's not, hey, come spend time with me. No, it's, hey, what about me? And I think like, oh, shoot, yeah. And I've, I've been consistent at saying yes to that so many times. Now when I'm faced with, oh, I could go do this or this or this, I automatically go to, ooh, God, I could, like, I could just hang out with you for a bit. And I could go read my Bible. And I, I'm, it's funny. It's kind of funny. It's kind of nerdy or goofy, but... I've noticed now when I think about that now, I'll just kind of smile to myself, like, sweet, like, awesome, I get to spend time with prayer. I've even laughed about it, like, out loud to myself a couple of times. I'm like, <laughs> like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> yes, that's right, kids, go to bed, because daddy's going to get to read some Bible now and get to turn some worship music on. That's encouraging to me, guys. I love that. It's an exciting, it's like a new part of my life that I'm so excited about. But that's how God speaks to me. It's that little stuff like, hey, what about me? hey, don't do that. Or, hey, the music you're going to listen to is not filth. Just don't turn it on. Listen, stay connected to me. Stay in my, in my presence. And if you can learn to respond to the Holy Spirit and what I would say are seemingly small or I wouldn't say insignificant, but they feel that way, kind of small moments. And you keep saying yes to that. And those compile. And then a month goes by and you're still doing it. And a couple, couple more months. And then now you're like, man, I've been doing this consistently for like a year. This is great. Then when those big things come along, because you said yes to him all those little times, those big things that come along, like 
who to date, where to go to college at, what job should I get, parents are fighting at home, what do I do about it? Like the big stuff that matters, like torn ACL, Sam. Then we're gonna know what to do about those things. Because you draw, because you learn to draw close and you learn to respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit and God's presence, when he shows up and he says something to you, that's his presence. Like, like, well, what is his presence? When God shows up and talks to you, he's right there with you. That's you being in his presence. Learn to say yes. And if you miss it a couple times, don't beat yourself up, but learn and change and grow and get better. So then when those big times in life come along, because they will, and we need to be ready for them, it's gonna be so much easier on you all and me to know what to do, to know what to do. And, and that only happens if we practice his presence. Let's look at this next point. We're talking about how to practice his presence. Number three is you won't be skillful with something that you haven't practiced. You won't be skillful with something that you have not practiced. You know, being good at anything usually takes two things, time and practice. <laughs> Let's look at what the Bible says about how to, be, how to get better at something. Romans 10, 17. If you've been in church for longer than a second, you've heard this before, but this shows, this proves what I'm talking about. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's cool that it mentions it twice because it shows that you need to do it doubly. And in our church, we like to say in hearing and hearing and hearing. So practice and practice and practice. As the president shows up, practice it again. And then a few hours later, when okay, it's kind of gone away, and it's like, okay, practice it again. Let me also say this. God's presence is with you all the time, though. But there's just times where it's like, oh, God, whoa, wait, I just noticed you're, I just really noticed you're here. God's presence is with you. That's the cool thing about Jesus. Since he's living in your heart, everywhere you go, you got the presence with you. That, that's, that's cool because then you can step onto any scene and in any situation, and the presence of God is there with you. Might be a whole lot of negative things going on at your school or at your house, but when you step on the scene, the presence of God just stepped in with you. That's why it's really cool. But it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it sounds like we have to practice that. I don't mean this in a boastful way or a prideful way at all, but I'm, I'm kind of at the place in my relationship with God where I know how to get into his presence pretty much instantly. I mean, I used to have to be like, gosh, like, I just need to feel something, God. <laughs> Sit down and read my Bible, like, I don't feel nothing. <laughs> Nothing's changing. I don't, you know, I don't feel any different. I don't feel goosebumps. I don't even sense that you're here. It's not a feeling, it's a knowing. You know that the presence of God is with you. It's not just waiting on a feeling to show up. Pastor Jordan said this on Sunday, more than likely it won't. Sometimes it will. Sometimes it will when they, when, oh, when the service is really good and worship's amazing, the preacher's preaching real good, you'll get a feeling. I always just like, hey, that's a bonus. <laughs> but typically, it's a, this is a faith thing. I don't see it or feel it. That's how it is. But I'm to the point now where I could just, I don't have to close my eyes. I could, I could just think about God and I feel like I'm already in his presence. And I feel like instantly things just got better. I could turn a worship song on. That's how we choose songs for the Sunday team. I'll turn it on within like five seconds. I can tell you, is the presence of God on this song or not? If not, I don't wanna listen to it. No, I'm not that hardcore against it. But I'm, that's, that's really how I've, be, how I've gotten with God. I can tell, Lord, where your presence is. I can sense it right away. And that only happens by you putting time in. 
I have three stories about, because our point is you, you won't be skillful with something uh, that you haven't practiced. I have three stories. They're all about me. I hope that's okay. But I like to tell stories. You know, I started a painting business. It took time for me practicing his presence before I could have made a big decision, a life-changing, life-altering decision to do something like that. If I wouldn't have, again, I'm not like, here I am, the example. No, I've, I'm, an, I'm just a example. And I've not missed, I've not, I've not got it right every time. I have missed it. I know I've said that a few times. I just want you to think, just want you to know, like, I've not been perfect at this all the time. There's times when I'm like, God, I'm really sorry. Like, man, I was sick last week and I just felt terrible. I didn't even really talk to you last week. I'm, I'm sorry, I repent, I'm gonna do better. And that's just, I'm just trying to be real with y'all. But it took time with me practicing his presence when it, come to, when it came to starting a business. I had spent many years just learning to trust him. This little small thing, this little small thing, this little bit bigger, and then all of a sudden, woof, oh, start a business? Like, wow, that's kind of a big deal. If you were maybe a couple years older, you would understand maybe a little bit more of the significance of that. When you have a mortgage, it's kind of a big deal that you can pay it. When you have bills, it's kind of important that you could pay them. You know, no big deal. But I was able to hear his voice at that time from putting time in, from learning to draw close, from le learning to say yes, from responding to the Holy Spirit and to his presence. And I was able to make that right decision and there's been a lot of fruit as a result four, year la four years later now. There was a, I have a couple stories about the army. We were, um, when we were in the army, there was this uh, uh, training called a vehicle rollover drill. So what to do when your driver's here and your truck commander's here and the gunners, that was me standing up with the machine gun and you're driving down the road and let's say a bomb goes off and flips your truck or you're driving, you hit a pothole and you overcorrect and you flip your truck. What to do when you end up flipping and what to do when you're upside down. We practice those things a lot. Now I'm thinking like, gosh, when are we gonna flip over? Like, what's the, what's the significance of this? Um, I'd say we probably did those about 10 times. It was, a, it was a military vehicle that they took the wheels off and ran like a skewer through it, like a rotisserie, and they'd pick that thing up and they'd put you in, all right, guys, here we go. There's speakers inside that are ready, here we go. We're like, oh, like they're shaking us like it's a roller coaster ride. We go real far right, we're like, here, they're gonna do it. And then they'd take us left and they'd back and forth and then all of a sudden, boom, they flip us upside down. And we have our seat belts on and they were like hanging like this and like looking at each other. It is a totally different world when you're upside down in the vehicle and you have to brace yourself like this and then hit your buckle and then you crash into the ceiling and then you got to flip upside down and now you're standing on the roof and your seat is the roof and you're like, this is wild, this is crazy. And then you got to figure out how to get out. We did that a bunch. Talking about practicing this presence, talking about getting better at something. You won't be skillful with something that you haven't practiced. I always wondered like why we had to do that and like what, what the point of it was. And we did it a whole lot. And then actually we did wind up losing someone in our troop as, as a result in, um, in Iraq because of that. Yeah, they went through the training. I can't say what exactly happened, but their vehicle flipped over. They overcorrected and they flipped it and uh, died as a result. That could have been me. I'm not saying this person didn't put the time in. I believe they did. But you have to put that time in. You have to keep going over that and practicing it over and over again so when the time comes when it really matters you don't die that's really that's me that what's what it comes down to and the other the other last story I have is before we went to Iraq I was trained um four months down in Georgia doing the same thing over and over and over again and I was bored out of my mind sometimes I'm 19 years old 
they say, get up in that gun truck. We're going to go on a, like a mock mission. Your friends are going to go out in the woods with guns, shooting blanks at you. And you're going to go drive for like 45 minutes on these trails and navigate through. And then once you get shot at, you have to turn your weapon and start firing at them, at, at them with this machine gun. And it's just blanks. And we did that so many times and so many times. I mean, hours and hours. And we had to reach a certain amount of hours to actually graduate that and pass so we could our, our whole entire troop could go to uh, Iraq and be qualified. Why am I telling you this? We did this over and over and over again until <clears throat> that first month in Iraq when we're just driving through. Uh, it was either Ramadi or Fallujah. We're just driving through and all of a sudden the bullets start flying. And then you wonder all those little decisions you said yes to God about. Yes, yes. Those little small ones. You're like, okay, I'm just, you know, it doesn't feel like much, but I'm saying yes. Then the big thing pops up. And because you put that time and you know what to do. So we, we start getting shot at and the radio's going crazy. And you know, like uh, when someone does something to you, you get scared, you go, whoa, like that. I kind of did that and like just literally froze for like five seconds. It felt like it was like 10 minutes. And I had like one hand on my gun and I kind of did like this, whoa. And I kind of ducked down a little bit. And I don't know if you've ever got like tunnel vision before, but like everything outside of here in my peripheral looked like fuzzy and dark gray. And, I, and it seemed like I went from two eyes to one eye and I'm just looking down this thing. And I was just like, whoa. I totally froze for a second. Like, this is crazy, what's going on? And all of a sudden, muscle memory. All that time, I had to do that training. I just didn't think much about it. Thought it was insignificant. I really wish I could be in, my, uh, in the barracks on my bunk, resting, playing on my computer. Why am I here? This is, and then we get shot at. They're yelling, small arms fire, th th three o'clock on the right side. I'm just like zoned out. And all of a sudden it's like, that circle, that fuzziness went away, that circle opened up and they, and I started remembering, okay, this is how I respond. Okay, grab my rifle, turn this way. Okay, okay, I'm good. And I remembered all that stuff and I knew how to respond when it literally mattered. And it could have been life or death. AMZ is, is what you're talking about, life or death? It could be, probably not, but it very well could be. And I would rather be ready and quotations, not need it than to get to that situation and not have what I need. You know what I'm saying? I'm just talking about some examples. So yeah, once the real thing happened, we, we're gonna be prepared and we will know what to do. But that, it's, I'm talking about practicing his presence. So when worship starts, that's what, again, we're talking about practicing his presence. We're talking about doing that in your personal life and then corporately when we come together. So when worship starts, you know what to do. Not like, okay, uh, what do I do? Like, I do like the little one hand like this, hands in my pockets and just like think about God. Like, how do, how do I respond to him? I encourage you to respond to God. You need to respond, but do it, that's, do it in a way that's real to you. You don't have to be running around screaming and shouting and jumping through the ceiling. I know that doesn't really happen that much anymore, but it wouldn't help, it wouldn't hurt you if it did. You know what I'm saying? It would help you. I almost said the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> But we need to respond. So when worship starts, since you've been practicing his presence, you know what to do. It's like, oh, hey, God, cool. Yeah, let's go. Not, hey, hey uh, so about the last week, God, about the past week, <laughs> no, I haven't talked to you much. Hope you forgive me. Let's start with a clean slate right now, God. All right, let's, uh, let me try to drum up so quickly, drum up some emotions to make me feel that. We do this all the time, don't we? And everybody's, everybody shook their head and said, amen. Yes, sir, yes, sir. We do that a lot, but God deserves way better than that. We should show up ready. We should be practicing his presence all throughout our day. Not, not, just so that we, not just so that when we arrive here, 
but what about just all throughout your day? It's not just, it doesn't matter just what we do here on Sundays and on Wednesdays. Every, every minute of your life, anytime God speaks to you, respond the right way. You know, when start, someone starts praying in service, you know, what do you do? Do you disconnect or do you take that little clip and connect onto them? Let's go. I'm ready. I've been talking to God this week. I, I know what to do. I'm not perfect yet. I know that person's been in our church for 30 years and they really know how to pray, but I'm going to learn something from them and I'm, and I'm in God's presence right now. And I'm, and, I'm, uh, and I'm praying and I'm speaking with them. What about when the preacher's preaching really good? That's mainly Pastor Jordan on Sundays. He's an awesome preacher. He's an awesome preacher, y'all. I've, man, I've just been on Facebook Live a couple too many times since he's in church services. I'm like, dear Lord, we've got a, an awesome place. You ever heard the term a bird's nest on the ground? That's what we got. If you want to know what that means, I don't know. But <laughs> we got it made here, y'all. So when the preacher starts preaching, it's not... All right, preacher, hurry up and say that thing and read my mail so I can start feeling it. Show up ready. Practice his presence all week so that when we come in here, this place is electric. And this atmosphere is charged with people that are full of expectation and, and passion and joy and faith and that we're not just, uh, just waiting on something. Like, we've got to get beyond that. We've got to get beyond, like, all right, Monday morning's here. I'm just waiting on something. Like, what are you waiting on? Like, God to do something? He's, he's done everything that he needs to do already. You do something now. Stop waiting. Stop. Let's, let's not be lazy in our faith. Let's not be complacent in our faith. And the last thing I'll say is um, about uh, practicing his presence. Amen, Steve. Is uh, after you do that, after you do it enough times in your life and time and time and time again, you'll know if it's a go and you'll know if it's a no. If you do it time and time again, don't think I'm just going to do it once and I'm going to know how to hear his voice. Thank you for doing that. Keep going. If you, if you get into his presence, that's awesome. Keep going. Do it again and then do it again and then do it again. Because the more you do that, you'll know if it's a go and you'll know if it's a no. I think we blow this thing out of proportion on what we think God's presence is, on how the Holy Spirit talks. Like there's a, like this divine visitation. Like you're going to wake up and there's an angel standing at your window. And you're like, what do you got to say to me? You know, it's like, it's not that. <laughs> it's just that still small voice speaking. I also heard this, uh, I can't remember who said it, but they said oftentimes the Holy Spirit just sounds like your voice speaking back to you. And I've heard that. And a lot of times when I've trusted that voice, it kind of just sounded like I was saying it, but I had some peace attached to it. I feel like, I feel like this is you, Lord. And I pursued it. So when you learn to practice his presence, then you will know when he's speaking. So you with me? All right, everybody, let's stand up. So um, look at the worship team back up. They're going to play that song, that uh, song number two again, Dancing on the Waves. They're going to play that. If we could get the lights down. So we're talking about practicing his presence, and I think it, it's only fitting that if we're talking about practicing it and what to do in his presence, then we actually do some of that. Does that make sense? So come on, everybody, come on up here. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media. 